There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. I am so grateful that you guys tune in every single week to this podcast. This show is sponsored by Women in Influencer Marketing, the best community for the creator economy. Meet fellow influencer marketers, brands, and talent managers to talk shop, get hired, and even find a mentor. We also have dozens of masterclasses from the top voices at TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, award-winning agencies, and women who are paving the way for us all. If you want the chance to dive into the community and network with a who's who in influencer marketing, check out what it takes to join the membership collective. Just visit imwim.com slash join today and I'll see you there. Hi everyone and welcome to the WIM podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short, is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing, advertising trends, and get real about women in business. Our mission is to network, to foster leaders within this exciting industry, and to share information to make our work stronger. That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim.com. I'm so happy to be back here this week. We have such a good guest for you today. We are welcoming Brittany Bright of the Influencer League. I don't know about you, but I love a good name. So when I heard the Influencer League, I was so intrigued, even off the bat. Then I did a little digging on Brittany and like, she's awesome. So one thing that I totally respect and I love about her is that she's been on both sides. So she's been on the brand side. She's got extensive experience, but she's also educating, mentoring, and preparing influencers. We really got into the topic of pricing today, which has always been a hot topic, but especially lately, it's sort of resurfaced itself as a pretty frequently discussed topic in our community. I've heard a lot of people say influencers are outpricing themselves. What do we do? We really want these people, but we can barely prove out the ROI based on what they're charging. So first and foremost, guys, negotiate. Please don't take a rate at face value. It's part of the process. But I think more importantly, in today's episode with Brittany, we get into the idea of your worth isn't just a feeling. Your worth in this instance has to do with analytics, has to do with your performance, has to do with engagement and a lot of other factors. So we get into the specifics of how to set prices. I think it's a really fascinating conversation because it's so much more of an art than a science, but a little bit of science has to be infused in. Anyways, before we get into the episode, which you're going to love, I do want to remind everybody that coming up on March 23rd is our huge Best in Influencer Tech event. We've got a hand-selected group of incredible influencer tech companies 
who are demoing the products for you, showcasing the best feature ads that are absolutely going to improve the way you work, make your life easier. This event is not only completely free to attend, but also I made all of these companies promise to give WIM members special promotions. So tune in live because that's the only way that you'll get the special promotions. I promise you, you're not going to want to miss this event. So to register, again, completely free, go to iamwim.com slash tech. That's I-A-M-W-I-I-M dot com slash tech. March 23rd. We'll see you there. All right. Let's get into this week's episode. Thank you so much, Brittany, for coming on today. You like took me up on my offer um, and I appreciate it. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I just recently joined the Women Influencer Marketing Network. And so to be able to come and join the podcast with you, I'm really excited. Me too. I'm excited to have you on. I, I saw you join. I mean, I reached out like as soon as you joined, I was like, oh, wait, I really want to get you on for a variety of different reasons. I'm excited to sort of get to know you better. I'm excited to like get to know your involvement in influencer marketing a little. We were talking about our kids before we started recording this. <laughs> um, so I'm excited to get into it. I have a few questions queued up, but I think before we dive into it, tell us, in your own words, if you wouldn't mind, a little bit about your history into influencer marketing. Of course. So I'm really excited because today's March 4th. March 1st became my five-year blog anniversary. So five years ago, I launched my blog, Be Bright, Be Bright Daily. And at the time, I launched that blog because I found myself in a very unique position five years ago. Five years ago, I graduated from college with my bachelor's in business. I was three months pregnant and I started my first post-grad job at an influencer at an advertising agency at the time. So I found myself in a lot of life-changing positions at one time. I was young, I was fresh out of college, I was a new mom, and I was in this industry that I had been working in years prior, but now found myself post-grad professional. And so there were a lot of changes coming at me at one time, and I wanted to establish a blog to create a voice for other women who may be in the same position as me, other Black women, other young moms, other young professional women. And so that's what led me to launch Be Bright Daily. As I started doing more with Be Bright Daily, doing more blogging, getting more into the influencer aspect of it, I wanted to mold together my love for blogging and that creativity along with what I was doing at my advertising agency, which was social media management. I wanted to mold those two worlds together. And since then, over the past five years, I've had the pleasure of launching the Influencer League, which is an online educational platform geared towards educating and building community for creators, but more specifically creators of color. And what we do is we work to bridge the gap between the influencer and the brand and agency through education and through opportunities. And so that's where we are today, five years later, and it's been a, a true full circle moment for me. You know, I've gotten 
you know, pretty settled in my life as a young mom. I have a five-year-old. I now have an almost six-month-old son as well. So I'm full swing into this mom life. I'm full swing into my career. And I'm also full swing into my journey as a creator. And so it, it, it's been a full circle moment. And I'm just excited to be able to look back and see all that I've been able to accomplish in the last five years. I mean, you've been able to accomplish so much. It sounds <laughs> incredible what you're doing. I mean, I'm a little biased, of course, that I'm like, oh my God, you're in a community about education. Like, <laughs> I mean, that obviously piques my interest. So I, I'm, I'm in a similar vein, but like a, a slightly right. different vantage point, right? Um, right. I want to hear like, what motivated you to start that? Like, what is really your business why? So I started the Influencer League back in 2019 because during that time I was working for a PR agency running influencer campaigns. And we were doing campaigns all the way from strategy phase all the way down to analytics. I have a true love for analytics and data. And we were working with some of the largest retailers and manufacturers in the entire world. So these weren't small campaigns with small budgets. Like they were considerable budgets, influencers working with, you know, 30 influencers a day. Like there was a lot going on. And the biggest thing that I saw when I was managing these campaigns when I first came in was that they were all white. And I was like, hold up, as an influencer myself, being a part of this community for a few years, I know there are some diverse creators, like where are the black women? Where are the Asian women? Where are the Hispanic women? Like, where are we? Why are we not a part of these campaigns? And so I took it upon myself to diversify the campaigns that I was working on. Um, but even in that sense, when I started diversifying these campaigns and Black women would join the campaign and I'm handling the budget. I know how much we have to work with. I know how much money I have to give to a creator. And I would have a Black influencer who I'll send the deliverables over to. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'll do that for $200. But then you have the white influencer who's like, oh, yeah, I'll do that for $2,000. And it's like, girl, we got $2,000 set aside for you. Why are you only charging me $200? And so that was the biggest thing that led me to creating the Influencer League was because not a lot of creators knew what was going on on the brand side. They didn't have that education. So they weren't negotiating their rates. They weren't setting their rates appropriately. They didn't know how to read contracts. You know, they didn't know all the inner workings of the business of being an influencer. And that's what I wanted the Influencer League to come in and bridge that gap. Uh, educationally, so that we could teach all creators, but more specifically creators of color, what what it what it's really like, you know. Um, and so that's my why, and that's why I'm still continuing to do the work today, because now that we have TikTok, we have a whole new generation of creators who don't know. So the education is just as important today as it was, you know, years ago when I created the Influencer League. I mean, arguably even more important, right? Because not only is there, you know, maybe there were like 10 platforms before that were like really big, but now there's so many more and the power of TikTok in particular, I mean, in a much shorter period of time, you can reach the amount of people that it just took you so much longer and still does, you know, because other platforms are so oversaturated. So 
I love that your business why is so rooted in the foundation of like what you believe in. And it'll obviously be like your North star as you continue to develop all of this great work. I'd love to ask you, like, how should one appropriately calculate their rates? Yeah, so that's a huge question right now um, that I get. And so here's what I'll say. Uh, Over the past five years of being in this industry, I have worked with hundreds and hundreds of creators of varying sizes, backgrounds, niches, industries on different platforms. I've worked with them all, literally. I've worked with so many. And it's been very helpful for me to be able to get this experience, understanding how people charge and why they're charging what they charge, because then I can take all of that information and being the data focused person that I am, create a formula based off all the information that I've seen. So what I did from that point was I created an influencer rate calculator. I built a formula. I didn't sleep for like three days straight trying to build this formula. So it was grueling work. But I created an uh, influencer rate calculator that's pretty competitive, uh, if I do say so myself. But the way we start off is rule of thumb. A lot of people say, oh, I'll start off with 4% of my overall following. Well, as we know, your followers aren't the only thing that determines what your rate is. And then depending on the creator, if they have less than 10,000 followers or if they have more than 50,000 followers, 4% isn't even the accurate number. You'll have some people that'll say start at 10%, but once you add in exclusivity, usage, whitelisting, dark posting, you know, quick turnaround fees, uh, you know, ownership rights. Once you start adding in all those other fees, it's likely that for a micro creator or or a mid tier creator, they'll come out of this campaign with possibly fifteen percent of their following as their rate. Whereas you'll probably see a nano influencer with maybe twenty five percent of their overall following as their rate. That's after you add in everything. So I still would go towards the four to 7% base on Instagram and on TikTok, you see more like one and 3% base, but then after you add in all those additionals, that percentage is gonna go up. And it, it like, it, there's so many variables. So thank you for even like indulging in this question. <laughs> Like, I know, uh, like, obviously, like, I'm like, all right, so like, how do you price out? You're like, are you seriously asking me this question? How are you asking it? Like, no, it's okay. Like, there, we teach our influencers, there's easily at least 12 different things that you need to consider in your rate. And those 12 things are, you have your base. So like, if they want a base, you know, a static post or a reel, but then you also have usage in terms of paid media. So you have amplification, whitelisting, dark posting. You have usage for web, email, any type of marketing collateral. You have exclusivity. You have basic content creation fees. So if they want you to, you know, just snap a picture and send it over to them, that's content creation. You have late fees. You have quick turn fees. You have um, 
revision fees, so many fees. I, I, I don't know if I said all 12, but there's a lot to consider that goes into that rate for sure. And we try to look at it um, with our formula. We try to look at it from a percentage standpoint based on what most creators are, are charging right now in comparison to the type of budgets that we've worked with in the past. But then there are other things that you can't put a percentage on. You can't put a percentage on a content creation fee. There's no way to gauge how much someone's going to charge for, you know, a video if they don't have to post it. Like you, there's no formula for that. So trying to standardize it as much as possible and where we can't standardize, we educate. Oh, I like that. I like that way of describing it. Um, that's, that's perfect. I mean, it's all you can do, right? You, you is prepare and arm them with as much information as humanly possible. Um, but uh, you know, there, there are just variables also, um, that you can't protect. Like for example, right? Like, let's say you're an influencer who is just like, it's, it's a busy season. And so maybe like during your busiest season, like if you're in the parenting space and it's back to school, like, you know, you might charge a lot more for a post during that period of time for many reasons. Why One is because like, that's your season and that's when, you know, you're going to have eyes on your content more. Um, and also you're not like really hungry for work as much. You probably have a lot of stuff on your plate already. So there are so many things that vary. I think like the biggest thing that I see, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it too, is when it comes to pricing, like it's also important to track the data of your own negotiations because you are uh, you, your work is worth as much as people will pay you in my opinion and so if you're negotiating you know a, a sort of like a broad range of price you're like i think this and like my instagram post during like a normal season would cost maybe between this and that like test it and then like for the next person who inquires, push it to the higher end and see what re, you know response you get and then track the response. So then the next one, you're like, okay, interesting. So I charge this and they push back to that or they gave me even more. And then that just gives you so much more information. What are your thoughts on just like approaching it in a more analytical sense? Well, we absolutely teach our creators about high ends and low ends when it comes to negotiating, um, because first of all, you don't want to price yourself. You don't want to leave money on the table, but you also don't want to price yourselves out because you're not fully aware um, in the beginning stages of what the budgets are that a brand has to work with. But we make negotiating and educating about negotiating a key factor through the Influencer League. Because one thing that we learned from our pay gap study that we that the Influencer League did in partnership with MSL, the study that showed that there's a 35% pay gap between Black and white influencers and a 29% pay gap between POC and white influencers. What we learned from that study is that the negotiation skills are a key deficit. There's an industry-wide lack of pay transparency, as we all know, but the negotiation skills were the key differentiator between the financial success between a Black influencer and a white influencer. So for example, um, those, who took the start, those who took the survey who met the criteria for a successful negotiator earned two and a half times more annual income than those who categorize themselves as an unsuccessful 
negotiator. So only 30% of the Black influencers versus 45% of the white influencers met the criteria as a successful negotiator. And that can come down to a number of factors when we talk about race, but it all boils down to if you don't know how to negotiate, you're automatically going to make less annual income than someone who does. Mm, That's awesome. Um, I mean, awesome to know about because the only way to change things is knowledge and power. Obviously not awesome for those people who don't know how to negotiate, but like you can, you can learn that. That is a learned skill, right? You can absolutely learn that. And so, and isn't it though important probably for like, you know, our, our industry is very female dominated, but you know, I don't want to exclude that either, but like, so the people who are influencers negotiating, it's probably twofold. It's learning how to negotiate and also probably how to enjoy it to a certain extent, because I even think that the act of negotiating for some people can probably feel, have like a negative connotation, whether it's like uncomfortable or like, it's scary. scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's very scary. To that point, I don't mean to cut you off, but like to that point, it's scary. Um, and someone made this point on Twitter the other day. A black woman made this point when we're in these rooms and we're negotiating and we're throwing out these big numbers. Historically, our community, the people who look like us, have never been in this type of position. So we don't get taught. It's not passed down to us to be confident to say, oh, I'm going to charge $10,000 for a photo. Like, this is all new to us. This has never existed before. You know, generally in any other industry, we're also underpaid. But also as women, in as women, you know, just even boil down to our gender, you know, typically being a stay-at-home mom, typically being the people at, you know, on the job who get paid less. We're not taught that confidence to go in and say, I know what I'm worth. This is what I'm going to ask for. This is what I'm going to stick by. And I'm also going to know how to hold my own and negotiate. Like we're not, that type of confidence is not instilled in us. The audacity is not given to us. Like we don't have that room. So yes, it can be very scary. And hoping that the education There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive-thru workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The, the confidence comes through that education as well. Like the more we can teach you how to be a successful negotiator, the more confident you're going to feel when it comes to negotiating. Mm, that's so good. I feel that, like I feel that, um, I, you know, because I think that can be relatable to anybody, right? Like I, I, I'm experiencing that now as like a business owner and the way that I relate to it is, you know, I want to grow my business. I don't have a degree in business. I, like I, I didn't necessarily learn business skills that, and I'm 35 years old. So I'm like, oh, I'm not like a spring chicken anymore. And, you know, there are just people who are like buying and selling businesses and like, you know, doing an incredible job at that. And like, they know these terms and these methods that like, I don't. And so there's like a block there because I feel intimidated to even like, 
push myself to, to do it. There's some sort of block. Um, but I, I, and so like, there are just lots of things that uh, like people, but especially people of color. Cause I, I, like I hear that's your focus, that's your area. And like, it's just the truth. A lot of the experience that is what you're describing. Like you just, you haven't learned. There are things that us as humans have not learned yet. Like there are wonderful people like you who are just like out there to try to, to help, to educate. And it's all possible, you know, um, so much of it is like a mindset thing. It's like, if you want it bad enough and like you, you go out there and you get the education, you, you can, you know, it, it is all possible. I would love to know more specifically, like, how do you think progress is going on improving the influencer pay gap? Uh, that's a good question. I definitely, I definitely feel like it's too early to call to be completely honest, um, you have a lot of brands in the summer of 2020 that made a lot of commitments that they didn't fall, they didn't come through on, you know, um, they fell short. Um, you have a lot of brands who are trying their best to implement the diversity. They're trying their best to, you know, do the right thing, but still not doing the right thing because they they don't have the teams in place, to be completely honest. Like, you want the diversity. You want to show that you're trying to make a difference. But you still fall short because you're not taking the time out to build your internal systems, to build your internal team, and put people at the table who are going to help you understand what's the right and wrong way to do something. And so I think it's still too early to call um, how the industry is able to tackle this pay gap because even more so now than before I'm seeing brands and people online say the influencer prices are rising. Like what's the value? Why are we even working with them anymore? Like, what are we getting out of it? You know, the only way we're going to close the black and POC influencer pay gap is if we charge more. So as a result, you're going to see us at least, ask for more money than maybe a white influencer or a male influencer. So if you're going to continue to complain about it, I don't see where that progress is coming in at. But ask me again a year from now and my answer might be different or I hope because, you know, um, TikTok, the Forbes list came out in December. It showed that it showed the list of the highest paid TikTokers. None of them were black, but the second highest uh, followed TikToker is a black man. How did he end up on the list? You know, so not seeing the changes like we want to yet, but maybe a year from now, maybe two years from now. I know that me and a bunch of other women um, and people in this industry are really leading the charge and doing our best to try to change that narrative. It's super commendable what you're doing. I agree. I hope that we have another conversation just like this in, in a year. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's a very different answer. I hope. I hope. Um, I, I think that a lot of us do hope that. So I think it, like it's just it's being mindful of it. It's like continuing to listen. It's continuing to ask questions. It's, you know, it's it's continuing to like to push ourselves out of our comfort zones um, and from just what maybe some people are, are used to or have ideas about or whatever it is, like to just keep an open mind um, and like listen. 
Um, I think that's like a really big thing that I, I personally want to see more people doing. And like, so you were just mentioning, uh, and this was a question that I wanted to ask you. So it's perfect segue. You were talking about like, some people saying that like, well, these influencer rates are too high. Like, how do I justify, you know, these rates? I would love to dig into that a little bit more because in the wind community, there's been a little bit of chatter around that recently, just about influencer rates getting too high and marketers struggling with justifying those rates. Is there any education that you have given influencers or just anything that you would impart on them now in terms of being able to like justify and quantify the results of their work? Absolutely. So um, I generally reserve this for influencers who, who are in the higher tiers or who have been in the industry a little bit longer. So I'm not I'm not eliminating or ignoring a creator with 5,000 followers because they have value as well. But just for this example, this particular influencer has like 200,000 followers um, or influencers in one of our programs. So I say all that to say from an education standpoint, we teach analytics and data. We teach our creators how to look at the data. So when you do a campaign, um, brands aren't the only ones that should be doing campaign recap reports. Like brands shouldn't be the only ones saying, okay, here's all how all of our influencers performed. Here was the return on investment. Here's the benchmarks that we met. Here are the KPIs that we, you know, kept an eye on. Influencers should be doing the same thing on their end. And we teach them how to do that. We teach them how to look for those numbers and calculate their own return on investment. We actually have a return on investment calculator that calculates um, overall engagement. It calculates reach. It calculates click-through rate. So if your campaign is for, you know, like conversions or sales, it calculates that. Um, we teach them all of those things because it shows how valuable the influencer truly was to this campaign. Um, for example, we had one influencer who has a couple hundred thousand followers who did um, a campaign with a large retailer and come to find out when you run an ad on Instagram or Facebook, the frequency of that campaign is typically one to two. This influencer, her frequency was nine. That means people were nine times more likely to see her post again. Like they kept coming back to it, kept coming back to it, kept coming, like voluntarily, organically coming back to her post. That's the value of a creator for a campaign that is focused on awareness, reach, and impressions. So we teach our creators those types of things so they can take all of that information, put it into um, put it into words that the typical brand manager can understand or their client can understand, and show the true value of why influencers are as important in this industry these days as they are. You know, like you, a Facebook ad is not going to give you a frequency of nine. It's not going to happen. Like you would have to bombard your audience with ads over and over and over again to get a frequency that high. And you would spend a lot of money trying to do that. Whereas this influencer just did it very organically. And that's awesome. You know, like as women in particular, we 
can be really good at having this like instinctual feeling that like our gut tells us when things are going right or, or going wrong or whatever it is. Right. But like in order to sort of like up level our work to the next level, um, it's imperative to learn how to also articulate the why and the numbers and the statistics and learn how to read the analytics on the back end of the platform and all of that stuff. And I, I can also speak from, you know, a marketer's perspective. I hear in the group all the time, like some of the best influencers that people love working with are those who understand that they can, like, cause you to each other better and you know and they they're like oh like this person comes off now so professional and like they they're treating their own business as a business and like that's just how it comes across and so like I just I want to the thing is like there could be two accounts right same platform two different influencers and they're both creating incredible content with perhaps the same impact as each other but one of them doesn't like necessarily know how to articulate the, the power that they have in terms of like an analytical, like and statistical sense. And the other one just sort of like, it comes out freely. And like, because, and so that woman who can um, articulate all of that, like they're just inevitably going to be perceived for right or for wrong as like, the more business savvy, business minded, and perhaps even like monetizable and profitable and successful and like influencer. And again, like under the hood, they might have the same amount of impact going on. Perhaps even the other influencer is, is doing more than the other one. More, yeah. Just wild, yeah. you know? You have to, you know, you have to be able to talk the talk and walk the walk. Like, if you can't do both, you know, um, that's how you have influencers out there with, you know, 500,000 followers who are not even touching a fraction of the income that an influencer with 20,000 followers is bringing in because they don't know. It's that lack of education, that lack of, business savvy that's keeping them from truly getting the bag if you can make a client you know who's all about numbers if you can make them feel comfortable you can get more money like that rings true for us who are on the brand side you know talking with our client every single day you know doing the campaign recap reports and putting it into terms like we're trying to win more business we're trying to get them to you know do another campaign with us same thing goes for the influencer. You got to do the same thing. And that's what I'm able to teach them because not only am I, am I a creator on that side, but I'm also on the brand and agency side dealing with the same, you know, same things with my client. I have to be able to understand the analytics and data. I have to be able to put it in terms to where my grandmother can understand. Like if I can explain it to where my grandma can understand, then I know I did a really good job teaching it. I did a really good job making my client feel comfortable. We have to do the same thing with the influencers. So I was going to ask you kind of like similar to that, like where does your knack and like passion for education come from? Uh, I don't know. Like I think I, I feel like I'm just like a natural born leader, I will say. Um, it's been that way since I as long as I can remember. 
Um, I was cheer captain in high school. I was student body president. None of that matters today. Uh, <laughs> like nobody cares today, but that's just how I always have been. But also, um, I'm just to be completely honest, like I'm a black woman. Like when people look at us or the way we're treated in society, like we're the bottom of the totem pole. Nobody, we get the scraps. We get everyone's scraps. Like no one gives us the opportunities that we deserve. No one gives us, you know, the, the due diligence that we deserve. Like we're powerful women and no one looks at us that way, but expects, to, expects, expects us to come in and save the day. You know, even right now, I'm not a political person, but they're questioning, you know, the president's uh, nominee for uh, Supreme Court justice. Like what's her LSAT score? You've never asked that question ever before, but now when it's a black woman being nominated, you're gonna ask where her score is, make it make sense. And so that's where I think that passion of education comes in at because we don't, we don't get the same opportunities. We don't get the same you know, passion and resources put into us that we deserve. And I want, it, I want to be that person that I needed when I was growing up, especially in this space that didn't exist. You know, social media didn't exist like that. I was born in 93, I'm 29 now, and I'm right on that cusp of we had a childhood without really any, you know, social media or cell phones. And then it started popping up and, you know, like middle high school, social media came around in high school. Um, other than MySpace, but I'm, I want to be that person to, you know, um, empower the next generation. And then last but not least, when I look at other women creators in this industry, I see how much money they're bringing in. Can't name too many other careers where you see Black women earning that much money or women in general earning that much money from home with children. So it's like, how can I be that person to make sure more women get to do this, get to have this opportunity? I, I, I hear all that. I, um, I'm someone who really believes in the power of language and I'll explain what I mean by that. Like, it kills me to hear you say, like, nobody looks at black women or I, I don't know if you said women or people, you know, as being, you know as expecting us to succeed or, you know, giving, I heard you say like giving us the scraps, things like that. Mm -hmm. As someone who has a daughter, right? Like I, I would never want to hear her say that I would want to switch it up. And it's, but like, I would want to say like, speak it into existence almost, you know? And so I have a question for you. It's like, there's a fine line between like just being honest about what you see and what you experience, but also maybe perhaps speaking things into existence. Like what are your thoughts on how to toe that line? Um, I am a huge manifester. Like if I want something, I don't say I want it. I say, I'm going to get it. It's mine. It's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know it's going to happen. And that's the line, you know, we, you know, being a black woman going your whole life or, 
Um, even just your, you know, women before you, your mom, your grandma, your aunt, your sisters, you know, women in your community, whether you experience, you know, influences that, you know, rise above expectations or what we were given or didn't, however you experienced it, that line is changing the narrative, changing the way you speak and breathe life into it and manifest. Just because you haven't seen it happen doesn't mean it's not possible. So instead of saying, I can't do this, or I don't, you know, I am not sure if this is going to happen, or I'm not sure if it's for me, say it's for you. Remind yourself what's for you is for you. Nobody else can come in and take that away from you and truly believe that you deserve the same amount of respect, the same amount of opportunities, the same amount of, you know, um, what word am I looking for? The same amount of recognition as you know, your counterparts, the other, other women, you know, even men, you know, believe that that's for you. And so you're right. There is power in the words. And regardless of what we've experienced in life, I manifest everything. And there has yet to be something in my life that I want that I have not gotten because I told myself I was going to get it. And I got to be honest with you, Brittany, like that is, part uh, like look everybody has their own experience in life my personal experience is i happen to grow up with a lot of really powerful inspirational black women like one of my favorite professors in college is a black woman um and i i don't know i i grew up in musical theater and like the black girl saying like i wish i could sing why because a lot of them grew up in church and i was envious i was like I cannot even begin to have a voice like that. That's incredible. Everybody's experience is different. But my point of bringing that up is like, I've witnessed that a lot in the black women in my life, which is like, essentially, if I want something, like I will absolutely get it. Like the conviction, the tenacity, like that is something that inspires me and that I've seen and I I love about like a lot of the black women that I've just known. So I don't know. It's just to say that, like, use what you've got. Like, if that's what it is, like, just know that some people might not have that, (laughs) right? Like, we all have our strengths. We all have our weaknesses. And whatever might feel like, like, maybe that's like, that's all you've got, right? You're like, well, I just have my tenacity. Like, that might be way more than other people have as well. And it's not a competition, of course, but my, my hope is that it empowers somebody that's listening. I would love to end this conversation with how can brands and influencers work better together? Easiest answer, transparency. Uh, Try to be as transparent as possible, but also work to create mutually beneficial relationships. Like I understand that when you hire a creator, you're paying them to, to, to do a job. So right now it's very transactional and it should stay transactional. Like if you reach out to me to do a campaign, I'm going to expect money in return for my services. That's just that it's transactional, but I want brands and influencers to work together to make this relationship mutually beneficial, be transparent, be open and be willing to true, to build true relationships because Creators see it all the time, and I hope brands see it too. But when you work with a brand enough, 
um, outside of already having that established brand affinity, you notice the content performs better. You notice that your audience resonates with it better. They engage with it more. They've had time to get to know the brand through your content. Like psychologically, it takes a, a customer seven times to see a product before they decide to buy it. It's no different than influencer marketing. Why are you not working to strengthen those relationships between the brand and influencer? So that transparency and building those relationships are like top two things that I want to see more of in the future. Um, I love that so much. I think that that's awesome. Um, and maybe it is easier than we all think. Maybe we're all overthinking it. Like it's all possible, right? <laughs> right. Like maybe it'll. I just... think most people overthink things. I'll be honest. I think a lot of I think a lot of people, for sure. I know creators overthink things. They'll come to me and they're like, "Hey, what's the best way for me to word this email?" And I'm like, "Just say it. Like you don't have to use any fancy words to try to just say, you know, in the most concise, clear way." you know, what it is that you mean. Like, how do I decline a partnership? What fancy words? You don't need any fancy words to decline a partnership. Just say, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't have the capacity to take on this campaign right now. Like, just keep it short and simple. Like they overthink things so much. And I just, you know, like let's work towards building genuine relationships between brands and influencers. 100,000%. Um, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Again, like, thank you for taking me up on my invitation to come on today. I just wanted to like get to know you better, hear your thoughts. I think that some people listening might be like, ooh, I like this Brittany. <laughs> I want to get in touch with her and learn more, right? <laughs> so we're going to drop your your handles and everything um, in the description box so people can learn more about you. Um, and I'm excited to see you more around WIM. So thank you again for joining. Thank you so much for having me, Jesse. I look forward to having more conversations like this with you in the future. And for anyone listening, first of all, thank you for listening. Definitely hit me up through social or email if you ever uh, just want to have a quick coffee chat or if there's anything you need from me or the Influencer League, definitely let me know. We're, we'd be very happy to work with you all. So thank y'all. Hope y'all have had a good time. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we got to have you back. Check out our website for more ways to get involved, including all the information you need about joining our collective. You can check out all the information at IamWim.com. That's IamWim, double I, dot com. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review, a rating. But the most important thing that we could ask you to do is to share this podcast. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m.